Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy offers biblical advice for our times. You and I ought to shelter in place. We ought to abide and dwell in God's presence and leave realizing that we live under the canopy of His protection. And although it does surprise us, it shouldn't surprise us, looking back on life, how many bullets have missed. Welcome to Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy, Senior Pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, California. In recent years, we've seen fear grip the hearts of men and women across the globe, but God calls us to fear not. And today, Pastor Philip shows us how to live a fearless life, even when the most unexpected troubles cross our path. We can't always avoid danger, but we can put ourselves under the canopy of God's protection. The message is titled Shelter in Place, and you can learn more at ktt.org. Here's Philip. Well, let's take our Bibles and turn to Psalm 91. We're looking at a series of Psalms called Statements of Faith. These are Psalms of trust, expressions of confidence in God during trials and testing times. And I want to come and look at another one of these with you. We've looked at Psalm 46, Psalm 11, Psalm 16, Psalm 23. But keep your Bible open at Psalm 91. Message I've called shelter in place. Because Psalm 91 begins with these words, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. You know, you and I should be thankful for the things that God gives us but we should also be equally thankful for the things He keeps from us. When you and I go before God in a spirit of gratitude, not only thank Him for His provision, thank Him for His protection. In fact, when I think about that, I feel like the young soldier who came back from the Vietnam War. And once he was back, his friends began to press him to tell him a good war story. But he kind of deflected that and said, you know what, nothing really happened while I was there. Nothing that dramatic. But they didn't believe him. And after badgering him for some days and weeks, he eventually gave in. And here was his answer. Here's what he said about his time in Vietnam. Well, the thing that struck me most was the number of bullets that missed me. Is that not the truth? That might not sound dramatic, but it's very dramatic. As dramatic as being wounded. The thing that struck me was how many bullets that missed me. And as you and I look back on life, should that not strike us also? Should we not go before God in a spirit of gratitude to thank Him for the bullets that have missed us? I don't know about you, but I'm very much aware that it is grace that has brought me safe this far. Like John Newton, I have, and like John Newton, you have faced dangers, toils, and snares. But grace has brought us safe this far, and it is grace that will lead us home. You know what? The truth is, I should be dead already. I was thinking about that this week. I should be dead already. I've spent six years in the RUC during the troubles in Northern Ireland in the mid-80s, 
when Interpol, the international agency for policing across the world, said it was one of the most, if not the most dangerous policing role in the world. You were safer being a police officer in El Salvador in the mid-80s than you would have been being an RUC officer in the streets of Belfast. But God was kind. God showed me his preserving providence. I lost friends. I walked behind the funeral cortege of my sergeant who was shot dead by the IRA coming into our station. I think about car accidents and car incidents. Head-on collision which I walked away from, and I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Bombs in Belfast, falling off walls, jumping onto the back of buses. Crazy. I should be dead already. I'm sure you have your stories that give testimony to the fact that grace has brought us safe this far, and grace will bring us home. God's preserving grace is an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing to think about the bullets that missed us. I think John Calvin's right when he wrote, when you look back on life from the perspective of eternity, we're going to see that the power of Satan was so great and the weakness of our flesh so feeble and the hostility of the world so strong that every day of our life, if God had not intervened, we would never have made it through 24 hours. It's true. And that's what Psalm 91 is celebrating. Psalm 91 is celebrating the bullets we've missed. Psalm 91 is giving testimony to the fact that in God we can know safety and security. Psalm 91 is testifying to the reality that God watches over his people. And I want us to come and look at this psalm. A psalm that gives us an assurance of God's everlasting vigil over his people. It's the granddaddy of all the Psalms of trust. It's an Old Testament expansion of Paul's cry in Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Look, life is dangerous. We know that. Corona has reminded us that on a scale almost unparalleled. Life is dangerous, but the danger is mitigated through trust in God. So let's come and look at this psalm. As to the author in the background, we can't be sure. The author is anonymous. The times are unknown. Some have argued that it could have been King David. Others have argued that it was Moses because there's an interesting connection with and contrast regarding Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, and Moses wrote Psalm 90. In fact, there are echoes of the plagues of Egypt and the Exodus in Psalm 91 that might give reason to a mosaic authorship, but we we can't be sure. My friend Steve Lawson suggests that perhaps we have here a royal commander or a military leader who is addressing the soldiers of Israel before they go into battle. Could well be the case. There is certainly military language that is laced throughout this psalm. Regardless of the setting, regardless of the signature, the message is clear. You and I ought to shelter in place. We ought to abide and dwell in God's presence and leave realizing that we live under the canopy of His protection. And although it does surprise us, it shouldn't surprise us, looking back on life, how many bullets have missed, how many scars we bear, and many times God extricated our necks from the noose. 
That's the testimony of the psalmist. So if you've got your Bible open, it's Psalm 91. We're going to look at three sections. And you're going to see in this psalm that in verses 1 to 2, the psalmist speaks to himself and for himself. Then in Psalm 91, verses 3 to 13, the psalmist speaks to others and encourages their faith in the face of danger. And then in verses 14 to 16, God speaks to the psalmist as he speaks to others. The way I've outlined the psalm is in verses 1 to 2, you have the delivered. You have the testimony of a man who has been delivered because of his trust in God, and he gives testimony to that fact. Verses 1 to 2, the delivered. Then verses 3 to 13, the deliverance, as the psalmist encourages others to trust God for deliverance in the face of danger. And then in verses 14 to 16, you have the deliverer. We have the commitment of God in a series of I wills. We have divine intention communicated in regards to the preservation of the saints of God. Let's look at verses 1 to 2, first of all. The delivered. The delivered. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him I will trust. As we've just said, the psalmist is speaking to himself, and for himself. The style is anticipatory. The tone is personal because God is my refuge and my fortress. There's a clear and present danger that is inherent in the text. And the psalmist, like David of old in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, he encourages himself in the Lord. He reminds himself that, you know what, if you dwell in the hiding place of God Almighty, you will abide under the shadow of his care and keeping. The psalmist is a witness to God's grace in preserving providence. He's not a victim to fearful circumstances. And I love that. I hope you're not a victim in the midst of this coronavirus. I hope your life's not falling apart. I hope you're not an emotional puddle of fears and apprehensions. No, you're a witness to the fact that God is worthy of our trust. And when you abide in his presence, a sense of security, a shalom descends over your soul. And you're not a victim in fearful circumstances. You're a witness to the sufficiency of God's presence and power. Now, here's a question. What does it mean to dwell in the secret place of the Most High? It certainly could be the language of the Holy of Holies, the secret place, the place where the priest goes in but once a year behind the curtain, the place where God meets with his people, where the Shekinah glory resides in the tent of the wilderness or in the temple of Solomon. But I think it's not just the language of the Holy of Holies. I think it's the language of hospitality. This word to dwell in the secret place, the secret place could easily have been translated the hiding place. But the word dweller speaks of coming as a guest into someone's home. In the Eastern culture, when someone entered your home, they came under your protection. When someone entered your home, they come under your protection. That was a Bedouin custom. And it seems to me that might be the simple reading and the broadest reading. What does it mean to dwell in the secret place? It means to approach God to abide in his presence and to come under his protection. It's to draw near to God. But here's the point. Here's the takeaway. Here's what works 
for Monday morning. Those who abide in God, those who make God their dwelling place, don't need to hide from danger. This isn't about hiding from danger. This man's life was full of danger. Those to whom he will speak in verses 13 to 16 lived in the face of danger. That's not the issue. This isn't a promise that God will hide you from danger. This is a promise that as you hide in God, you can exist with calm and confidence in the danger because you're abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. This is about approaching and abiding in God's presence. To update it in New Covenant language, this is about going through Jesus Christ into the presence of God. Hebrews 4, 14-16, approaching the throne of grace, coming in our need and finding grace and help and mercy for our particular situation. It's Hebrews 10, 19-25, where Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through his atonement and resurrection, he has opened up a new and a living way whereby you and I can come into the holy of holies. We can go into God's presence through Jesus Christ. And really, that's what Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2 is encouraging us to do. The life that is overshadowed by a sense of God's grace, greatness, and glory, which is discovered and experienced in worship, private and public, the life that is overshadowed by that reality is never overwhelmed by life's reality. That's what we're being taught here. When you dwell and hide in God's presence, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And when you're overshadowed by the greatness of God, Life can't overwhelm you. Drawing near to God pushes fear away. Corrie ten Boom said to a group of English ministers one day on a train platform as she was leaving, having been with them for ministry, she said, man, nestle, don't wrestle. Nestle, don't wrestle. It was her way of saying, guys, stay close to the Lord. Whatever your challenge is in life, Draw near to him. Don't wrestle, just nestle. That's what Psalm 91 is encouraging us to do. In the midst of life's fires, in the midst of life's furnaces, nestle, nestle. Approach God, talk to God, hear from God, worship God, love God, commit yourself afresh to God. But you know what? Sometimes we have to wrestle to nestle. It's not easy to be still and know that He is God. The greatest fight in life is to maintain our walk with God. That's the path to victory. Our greatest battle in life is to maintain our walk with God, to dwell, to abide in the presence of God. That's the key. The key to peace is seeking God. Dwelling in His presence through prayer, worshiping with His people, or worshiping Him in the confines of our own soul, meditating upon His Word and the great and exceeding promises of that Word. It is the depth of our intimacy with God which will determine the breadth of our bravery before man. Let me say that again. It is the depth of our intimacy with God that will determine the breadth of our bravery before man. You can't use God as a convenience store. June has a supermarket she'll go to on a regular basis. That's her go-to place to shop. It's not a convenience store. It's a place where she likes the products, she likes the prices. But once in a while, when we're in a bit of an emergency, there's a convenience store near us we'll pop into. 
just to meet a present need. And you know what? We're told here to dwell, to abide in the hiding place of the Most High. And yet at times we use God like a convenience store. We ignore Him most of the time. Our Bibles lie closed, gathering dust. Our prayer life is in shreds. Our worship is shallow and not encouraging. And we use God in emergencies like this, like a convenience store. We pop in. That's not going to work. It is those who dwell, those who constantly seek, those who constantly ask. It is they who will find the peace of God that passes all understanding. And let me remind you this. Here's the promise of this text. Dwelling with God and living for God is the safest path in life. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow, the shade of the Almighty. He is my refuge and fortress. My God in Him I will trust. And you know what? As you work your way through this text, especially verses 1 to 4, there is image after image, metaphor piled upon metaphor, that remind us that indeed dwelling with God and living for God is the safest path in life. There's the idea of shade or shadow. If we dwell in the secret place of the Most High, we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Safety and a shadow. Safety and a shadow. But it is the presence of someone or something that casts a shadow. And this is the promise as you and I nestle and don't wrestle. And we nestle up against God in worship and discipleship and prayer and embracing the means of grace and trust Him. We live under the shade and the shadow of the Lord Almighty. It's beautiful. Read here of that God is my fortress. My refuge and my fortress. The word fortress is interesting. For those of us that have been to Israel, later on this Hebrew word was used to describe Masada. And all our trips to Israel, we visited Masada, 1,300 feet up from the ground. Herod's summer palace. It was the place of the last stand of the Jewish people against the Romans. It was a massive fortification that took the Romans a long time to conquer. But unlike that Masada, this is a Masada that will never be conquered. This is a fortress, God himself, that you and I can take refuge in. Beautiful. Look at verse 4. Under his wings we can abide. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. This is the image of the mother hand, right? Didn't Jesus use that image in Matthew 23, 37? As he looked out on Jerusalem, the metaphors have changed. Once he looked at the people, they were sheep without a shepherd, and his heart broke. And then he looked out on the, the nation of Israel who had refused his his wooing and his kindness and his love. And he says, you know what? I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you wouldn't come. And you've seen it. I've seen it, the little chicklets under the wings of the mother hen. What a beautiful picture. Shadow, fortress, wings. Look at verse 4, shield. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. The buckler was a small shield. The first mention of the shield is a long shield, a full-body shield. God is your shield and your shield. It's the full-body shield. It talks about how God's going to take care of us from head to foot, watch over us. And so what we have in these metaphors piled upon metaphor, what is being nailed home 
is the security and the safety that's found in the presence of God in the midst of danger. Remember, this isn't a shielding from danger. This is a shielding in the presence of God in the midst of danger. Which would remind me, by the way, as we leave this thought, and you've heard this before, but this psalm plays it out. This psalm shouts it out. The safest place in the world is the center of God's will, even if that place is dangerous. That's why missionaries have retorted to their family and friends have said, you shouldn't go there. That's a dangerous place. No, the dangerous place is at home outside the will of God. Remember what we said last week in Psalm 23, better to be in the valley with the shepherd than on the mountains without him. The safest place on earth is in the center of God's will. And that is a will you discover when you dwell in his presence and you read his word and you open yourself to him in prayer. Listen, the issue in life is not, are you near danger? The issue in life is, are you near God in the midst of the danger? Don't worry about danger being near. That's not a problem if you're near God and you're in his will. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Philip DeCourcy here on Know the Truth. Today, Pastor Philip offers us a biblical approach for sheltering in place. When you're near to Christ, you're under His ultimate protection and peace. Hear today's complete unedited message at ktt.org. You can also access messages anywhere, anytime when you add the Know the Truth app to your smartphone. Well, at Know the Truth, we're committed to encouraging, equipping, and engaging believers through the preaching of God's Word on the radio and Internet. But we couldn't do it without generous, like-minded listeners like you. And Philip, I know you agree. That's right, Wien. Our listeners are a vital part of this ministry. In fact, without the gifts of our Truth Ambassadors and those who give generous one-time gifts, Know the Truth wouldn't be possible. As a listener-supported ministry, it's the faithful financial gifts— of our listeners that allow us to plan, produce, and distribute clear, compelling, convictional Bible teaching on the radio and internet, shining the light of the gospel into a needy and dying world. And that's why we need more men and women to link arms with us to continue the delivery of God's Word. And the best way you can step forward to help us in this is by giving monthly as a truth ambassador so that we can have a firm foundation for spreading the gospel across the country and across the world each and every day. You can sign up to be a Truth Ambassador at ktt.org or give us a call at 888-644-8811. You will be helping many navigate their way out of darkness and into Christ's marvelous light. And you'll also receive exclusive resources and messages from me, Wien. Would you tell them more? Yes, when you sign up to become a Truth Ambassador, you'll receive the monthly Accord newsletter with special updates from Pastor Philip and Know the Truth and a Truth Ambassador welcome packet, which includes recently written books by Pastor Philip and much more. And when you become a Truth Ambassador or give a one-time gift of any amount in May, you'll also receive the book Seasons of Sorrow by Tim Challies. Whether you have a loved one or a friend who's going through a loss, or if you could use some encouragement yourself, in this book, Tim shares real-life reflections from the first year of grief after losing his son, introducing readers to what he describes as the ministry of sorrow. 
readers will learn how biblical doctrine can work itself out even in life's most difficult situations and discover how to pass through times of grief while keeping their faith. And when you give a gift of $40 or more, you can also request the Psalms of Trust personal devotional booklet, along with direct online access to the entire Psalms of Faith series. So, call with your gift today by dialing 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. You can also write to us at Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. And if you'd like to stay up to date with timely news, events, and encouraging content from Know the Truth, then connect with us on social media. You'll find us on most major platforms when you search for Know the Truth with Philip DeCourcy. I'm Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back tomorrow when Philip continues our encouraging study of Psalm 91. That's Wednesday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free.